Jalen Rose. Yeah, so what Chip was thinking of, that was actually Jalen's jump shot. Mm. His jump shot looked like his floater. Uh, 6'8", lanky, weird form. Boy, he he had an ugly jump shot, bro. Mm. It worked, though. Uh, the jump shot really didn't, but yeah, everything else did. You're right. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't uh, in the league for as long as he was because of the jump shot, I guess, but he made yeah. it work. Gotta love that team, man. That was so much fun. Yeah, I watched. I picked, I picked them both years to go to the finals. There you go. Picked them to beat Carolina on the Weber travel, and it was a Merrill Lynch pool, and my you know parents were divorced, so I left my sheet. I was watching a hundred games a week at that point. Like imagine how much college basketball I don't watch now. I was watching that much then. And um, so I, I knew my shit and filled out the whole pool had Michigan and Carolina in the finals. My dad was working a ton and wasn't watching a lot. And we happened to have the final two brackets in the Maryland pool. When I had left my whole bracket with him for a week. Hmm. We had a lot of the same picks, a lot of the same upsets that Bob wouldn't have known about. Plagiarism. But Bob took Carolina over Michigan. So we get to the finals, and I could tell he felt kind of bad. I mean, just like, probably was like, you know, $1,000, $800, you know, lottery. And for me, at that age, I mean, that's, it's like getting a $100,000 deal right now, right? I I, I needed that. Bob didn't need it. And he also knew he cheated off me. And he said, well, I'll, I'll make a deal with you right now. Whoever wins, we split it. And I went back and forth that weekend, back and forth. And I go, you know what? I'll take it. Mm. Glad I did. Yeah, the right move. He's still, he, never, he's still never copped to that, too. He kind of has, but not really. That was my next question. He never fessed up? Kind of. Kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek hoodwink, you know? Yeah. I may have looked at it a little bit. All right, shut up, you know? Yeah, you had every single pick identical to me except for the national championship. What do you mean you might have looked at it? Yeah, and there were a couple. It'd be like you. I, like, you know, took a San Diego win then, but, like, here and there is a 13, and he took them, and I'm like, Dad, you never watched them all year. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just had a feeling, you know? I, uh, it's just lucky guess, I yeah. suppose. And, you know, he was at the office saying, look, you know, my, my kid, you know, just pretty much did everything I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, taking all the credit for it. Eh, that's a good move. That's what you're supposed to do. As yeah, a dad, I know. I think. I mean, you know, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah, how she goes. Oh, man, Trey will be with KD at 4 o'clock. Trey's out for the first hour. I don't even know what he's doing, but uh, he asked me to fill in for hour one today. So you and I will roll till four and then you and uh, Trey will get your hour in from four to five this afternoon. I'm doing cryo pyramix and synergy sunkafa lika, which really focuses on the hip and the knee. And hopefully it'll open up a little bit. Well, Kevin will be joining us at four o'clock. It's another hour of Trey and DK right here. Didn't even realize what was coming today. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not too far off from what he actually is doing. I I don't know. Hopefully it's something child-related, but it could be 
volleyball or workout or cryo or any of that shit with him. You never know. I'm doing open reflexive strength cardio reverse training. Reverse cowgirl training. <clears throat> He's doing that. Probably not. It's not for uh, me to ask. Trey hasn't done cowgirl in a long time. No, no, I can't. I was probably the one he did it with last. Hmm. We were we were in Mexico. It was a bachelor party. Relax. I, I was just going to ask you to elaborate a little bit. I'm very calm here. Oh man, how you doing today? You good? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I I know a lot of people have had this. Like my my allergies are hitting me, but you know it is what it is. So, um, but yeah, good day. Uh, long day, long ass day, but good day. So it's always fun to finish off with this, man. Yeah, I hate to I hate saying this after your cowgirl comment, but my throat has been killing me the last couple of days. Yeah, but- no, my, my throat, my eyes are on fire. But you'll probably see me. I've got medicated eye drops now so you'll probably see me throw those in there so i'm not stoned but i wish i was yeah yeah i did too be great yeah um let me yeah, ask you this. i may actually even hit that up at 4 30 there you go go with me uh, let me ask you this um trey and i were talking about this earlier today it was a tweet we sent out and it's generated lots of reaction on uh, twitter.com you familiar with that website Twitter.com, Twitter.com, Twitter, I got ESPN, CBS, uh, Pornhub. Um, oh, is that X? X, yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a new age type of guy, dude. Wow, <laughs> modernized, yeah. amazing. Yeah. You've evolved a little bit. Didn't like I don't that. see, I don't say Town Lake. I say Ladybird Lake. Yeah. I call it Miller. Like all you oldies do, I call it Mueller Development. Dude, how how much would uh, I have to pay you for you to actually do that the rest of your life? Like all the old Austin terms that people have unnecessarily modernized, like for you to start calling them by their new names, how much would it take for you to, without any jokes or sarcasm like that, like how much money would it require to get you to be a 2024 Austinite instead of the 80s one that you are right now? It should take a lot more. It really should. Um and but I'm I'm such a slut that probably not as much as it should. Uh, so I don't know. Give me a number and and we'll negotiate. Ten k. Wow, I thought it would require way more than that. Can we go fifteen? That was my dad's high number in bowling. Yeah, he copied that from you too. I'm sure. Do you remember Costanza whenever he's selling off his, his dad's stuff and he he lied that he was dead? He goes, and he was just trying to get like a couple. It was like, you know, 120. He's like, can we do 125? That was my dad's high in bowling, you know? <laughs> I don't remember that one. Uh, that went over my head. Well done. Yeah. Shoot. Um. Know. Oh, 10K? Hell yeah. You do and it. I would just lie to you and not do it. Nah, that, that that checks out right there. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. What's um? So a couple of thoughts, a couple of Twitter experiments from the last couple of days. I want to get your takes on these. Are some one current Texas football related question and one blast from the past Texas football question. And I think I know your answer to this one, but we'll start with it anyways. If you were given the choice. Would you rather take a mulligan on the 01 Big 12 championship game for Texas football 
or the 08 Texas Tech game in Lubbock for Texas football? Not even close. Easy. 08. Yep. We ain't beating Miami, dude. I was I was at a TCU house, Johnny Rogers, who of all people, his apartment. And we're all about to go to the game. And we're watching. We're watching would have been Nebraska, Colorado, right? And the 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 counter counter trap, counter tray they're running and just blowing shit up against Nebraska. We knew at that point if we win this game, we're in the championship game. But it was kind of a I mean it was really exciting for us because none of us in our lifetime have been in that spot. I mean, you should say 83, but we knew that dude, yank, no, no one's beating Miami and that Texas team, which was a good team, but soft and had a lot of Matt Greg Davis vibes and mad dog vibes in it. They weren't winning that. Oh, wait, could have won it. Yeah, that's sort of been the consensus response on Twitter, right? Like, even though 01 was a conference title game and 08 was a regular season game, I mean, look, Texas beats Tech. They played for the conference title. They win that conference title. They're in the national championship game, and uh, they're playing a Florida team that was very good. And I want to ask you this, too, because Trey and I got into this yesterday. Like, I, 08 is the first real season of Texas football I, like, I remember vividly. It's about 14 at the time. I remember, like, bits and pieces of previous years. But, like, from right. start to finish, that's, like, I guess when I hit that age where I really started remembering sports shit. Um, but, I like, still, like, I, you know, 08 Florida. Like, I remember them as being a really good team, right? Urban Meyer, coach. They had Tebow, who was awesome. They had a murderer, who was awesome. Yeah. Like, all sorts of NFL. Percy Hart. Like, ridiculous NFL. They had, a murder, on that they team. had like, nine of them, dude. They, yeah, you're right. No, they had a whole roster of criminals. You talking really. Forrest Jenkins? You talking uh, Hernandez? Who are we talking here? Yeah, it's true. You can probably keep going. I'm sure there's a few more that uh, we haven't thought of. But uh, would you have picked Texas to win that game? Like, I almost feel like there's a little bit of revisionist history going on with Longhorn fans. I mean, if look, if you compare 08 Florida to 01 Miami, 08 Florida is the easier opponent. There's no debate right. there. But, like, are you confident that if we got a UTUF matchup instead of the Florida OU matchup, which we did get, would you have felt good about Texas's chances to uh, to win that one? Oh, no. They lose by 10, 10 or 14. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, they, they you know, it, you have to go back to Florida and the defensive line they had. Carlos Dunlap and guys like that, they, they would have eaten that Texas offensive line up. It wasn't just the 09 offensive line, which was shitty, or for that type of national team. The 08 team was pretty close too. No, they, they lose, but I'll take my odds over 01 Miami. Yeah. Okay. And, and that 01 Texas team, which really still had a lot of stuff to figure out as a program, a lot of talent, and um, and just, you know, they just weren't that great. I mean, yeah. they, they were really damn talented and good, but but they wouldn't have beaten Miami. But great question. But no, I'm I, I'd take I take Florida and Miami to beat both those teams respectively. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of I mean, Florida beat OU twenty four to fourteen. That was the final score of that national championship. And uh, since that tweet went out a couple of days ago, there's been a lot of like, oh, we would have beat Florida. And I'm like, I was fourteen, but I I remember that Florida team being really good, like really really good. And I. I think it would have been a close game, maybe closer than 24-14, but we would have been underdogs. Florida was number one for most of that season. Like, I, I just – I can't sit here and be like, ah, oh, that, that loss to Tech cost us a national championship, like, without question. And, uh, I, I, you know, 
I feel better about Colt getting hurt costing us a national championship in 09 more than that Tech game in 08 costing us a national championship. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, the 08 thing sucked because they they, they should have played for it. And at that point, who knows? I mean, they were talented enough. Problem two is the Ahmad Black, Janoris Jenkins. Like, their secondary would have locked down Jordan, Quan, and, and what really made that team go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's random thought. Uh, I, love before, I love it. Uh, yeah. The yeah, other Chris, one. Chris Obanaya. Um, shit. I mean, I, heck, I would have loved to have seen it. I don't know, you know, but I would have gone in there feeling like a, a true underdog. It's, it's, uh, good to hear you say that because that's kind of how my memory remembers yeah. things too. You're right. I mean, it's easy for us to go back and look at stuff. I mean, there are a lot of other, you know, baseball and football, not a lot, but definitely baseball teams where I'm like, fuck, they were the best team. They should have won it. And, they, you know, but not that team. But I wish they would have played for it because they deserve that. How many should Texas baseball have? I went through it the other the other day, 13. And they've got six and they should have 13? Yeah, in, in my lifetime. God. Right. I'm not even talking 70s, 60s, 50s. Yeah. Should have won it in 82. 82 is the best team in my lifetime, funny enough. Should have won it in 82, won it in 83, lost in the championship 3-1 to Augie in 84. They were a better team. 85, they were easily the best team in the country. Had two chances to beat Miami. Lost 2-1 on a Bill Bates drop foul ball, fly ball in foul territory. Then lost 10-6 in the second one. 89, they weren't the best team in the country, but they got to the championship game and CBS had just changed it that year to where, you know, even if you're undefeated, the other team has one loss. Unlike 85, where Miami had to beat Texas twice, you only had one game and Texas couldn't throw Dressendorfer and Wichita State throws the race, beat Texas 5-3, should have been one more game because we each have one loss at that point. We're going with dress, and they're going with the typical Wichita State number two guy who was, you know, Peter Pockendock um, mm, yeah. through with his left foot. Um, 2004, obviously. Um, 2009. Yeah, we were from 12 to 15, but I don't yeah. think. No, no, not at all. What was uh, the Wichita State? Yeah, that was the CBS TV deal that just yeah. Fuck you. They had a guy that threw with his left foot, too. That would have been great television. It had a lot of movement, though. Yeah, they missed out on that. Uh, it really should have been a second game. That would have been great yeah. for TV ratings. It was Jim Abbott's brother. Mm. Too soon. Too, not soon enough, someone already. Did argued. you ever see Jim Abbott? Did you ever see that? Yeah. That was crazy. You're not talking about the Texas Hammer, are you? Uh, it's Jim Adler. Sorry. Sorry about that. Different guy. So. Hmm. Yeah. We are, uh, actually, Bucky and I are talking to David Pierce tomorrow. You have any questions that we should ask him about this year's team? I mean, opening day is literally a week from tomorrow. It feels like college baseball starts earlier every single year. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like a sport that should start in February at all. Right. Um, you know, I'm not too upset about it. I'm excited to watch the team, and they've got a shot to be really good again this season. Yeah. But, like. February 15th or 16th, I guess that's a week from tomorrow. Feels so early for any sort of baseball, but any, uh, anything you want to know from 
David Pierce tomorrow morning when we uh, get the chance to talk to him? Yeah, ask him if he's still going to coach third base. Okay. He is, right? Always. Your yeah. favorite. Yeah, man. He, he's not, you know. Ask him if they could run the bases this year. Okay. No, actually, don't. don't That'll don't. be my first question. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to wear the John Olerud hat helmet again this year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, all right, hold on. You there? There we go. Okay. You're taking for a ride over here. Yeah, cowgirl style. Um, there you go. Nice. Yeah, no, he, I mean, it, I'm trying to think of what questions. Um, maybe relief pitching. I mean, it, a serious question to ask about that because. You know, it looks like they got all the starters set up, but kind of how is all that playing out? How are they defining roles and stuff like that? Okay. Very good. That's a conversation coming up tomorrow. I think you and I will be out there next Friday doing a little pregame show. I know. I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, with the uh, occupy left field folks. Got to make sure Got to make sure they've got power out there. It's texting Payne, and he's like, yeah, last year we had power, so we should be good. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to drive by just to make Payne, sure. Power, he means they have a lot of fireball shots. Yeah, I, I got a hunch, like, as soon as the broadcast wraps up, you're going to be on your way out, and you're hopefully going to Irish goodbye just so you don't happen to get handed a fireball shot before you leave. No, I'm I'm going to – I mean, it's one of those things now, like, I'll go out and, like, not even drink, but I'll – you know, if I'm trying to Irish goodbye and do what I do and be the homebody that I am and go back home, um, I'll still Uber places because I know there's a good chance that – a situation like that it's because they're all great people and i actually do love hanging out there that we're probably gonna have like four or five fireball shots during that telecast you know yeah you know that right yeah during yeah not even after right what am i talking about like and when i say have meaning that you and i will be called pussy and loser and we're not mature enough to to handle that so we're gonna take the shot as anyone should accurate yeah now bullying works kids it like, does yeah it really does yeah we, we need more bullying no no i'm kidding trace yeah. Tra- yeah some people can be bullied i don't know if we like this guy did trace show you this yeah no this like, guy needs this guy needs to be bullied yeah this guy can get bullied there are certain I, people out there he's get his fucking ass beat is what he needs yeah, I mean, if he keeps doing that in the middle of parking lots, he might get run over by a car, which probably do the trick. I saw a guy today I'm uh, off Lamar, like turning on 45th. Younger guys got the headphones in. As he's crossing the street. So, of course, I can't help myself. And, like, you know, he's crossing the crosswalk. And as I'm taking a ride, I look at him and go, oh. And all of a sudden, he got real subconscious. I'm like, dude, there are a million cars around. You didn't know that people were looking at you, that you looked fucking ridiculous. It wasn't like a druggie, right? Like, it was just a... No, no, no. Probably probably 25-year-old Asian kid who, you know, nice clothes and lived around there, and but was definitely feeling the jams, brah. Was he he grunting and moaning like that, too, while he was walking? I don't know. Window was up, but I I assumed he was. Mm. And And you did it, too, and he's, like, embarrassed? We kind of looked at me he was like, and I started laughing. I'm like, but well, dude, we all saw that. Like, right. don't, you know, I wasn't like, yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't 
peering through your window there. Right. Yeah. Did did he forget he was out in public? It sounds like he literally just thought he was at home. I guess. I don't know. Uh, dance like no one's watching, but you know, people yeah. are always are watching. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was, I almost wanted to pull over and be like, dude, what are you listening to? Yeah. You know, do, do I need to listen to this? Taylor Swift. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, honestly. That, that'd be my yeah. guess. Uh, 25-year-old Asian guy. I don't know. I don't know if that would be a Taylor Swift one. I have no idea. Yeah, who are no. the Swift? I mean, are they they're like, do, do white guys, 25, Asian guys, black guys, 25-year-olds, dudes, do they listen to Taylor Swift? I mean, depends on how much they're trying to get laid. Probably not brothers. And I mean, that is a total respect to brothers. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much you're trying to get laid and it depends on how good your game is. Like you could be trying to get laid a lot like I am, but have good enough game to where you don't have to stoop to the level of doing stuff like that just to get women to like you. But that was always a good feeling whenever you got to a point where it's like, I don't have to go a hundred percent to get this done. I'm still going to 80%. I'm still, doing stuff that I wouldn't tell a priest, but, but I'm not, you know, I'm not wearing grandma's panties anymore. Oh, you were doing that for a while too. Yeah. And it would have been to get laid. It was more of a, a emotional <laughs> attachment, like a security blanket. Yeah. just felt good, man. It yeah. felt good. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, it's 30 minutes. And he's like, dude, I forgot. I hate you. <laughs> I miss this shit, dude. Although we couldn't say most of this shit on the radio and we were rocking together. No, uh, we kind of would, but we'd say it during breaks for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good times. Like, yeah, People have asked me, I was like, you get more of what was in breaks for the radio shows we did right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Well what said. You, ah, you get it. That's a good way to describe kind of what we are because people were right. always we'd come back from breaks, especially towards the end when we were on Twitch and like people could see us. Yeah. Then we'd come back and we'd all be cracking up. It was it was every show. I mean, obviously you, me and Rod at the end, but you know, you and Chad and Trey when y'all were together. I mean, Trey and I when we were together, like every show. It was just we'd come back from break and still be cracking up and everyone would be like, What the hell is so funny? What were y'all laughing about? Yeah. We're like, ah, we can't, we can't tell you. We wish we could. Yeah, no, we can't. Now, uh, now we kind of can. I like that. Not kind of can. It's all we do. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's literally uh, the nine hours of programming that we have every every single day right here on TSU. I uh, have something that I think is going to be good for us in TSU. You and I'll get into it uh, off the air. But was meeting some guys last night. Some of the stuff they're doing. That's going to. I think we can all, you know, work together and and have some synergy and. Um, but they were they were just there were a lot of people that are really fired up about TSU. Yeah, uh, the uh, the reaction's been great, and we've uh, we you know we're up over seventy three hundred subscribers right now in less than six months, which is awesome. That's uh, yeah, and I love that. Yeah, there's still people finding out about us. You know, like I know we've got a good product, but it's uh, any new business I'm sure deals with this. Just making sure our name gets out there a little bit. So. Yeah. We've got some things in the works. I mean, a lot of a lot of the people who are watching and listening to us right now have done a great job telling their friends and family. Yeah, and we, yeah we can't thank y'all enough for that, and we hope you continue to do that. But uh, yeah, big pushes coming up in 2024. But yeah, excited excited to grow this thing, and you know the uh, athletic department's in a good spot right now. Some things, you know, you and I talked about it either Tuesday or last week. I can't remember. Right, you know, some things are still up in the air in terms of if you have the right people in place for certain jobs, but uh, a lot of things are going really, really well for UT. And this is a good time to kind of 
do what we do and, and get this thing rolling. It's been fun. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, you know, even with you say right now, and we talked about it last week, the two would be Rodney Terry and David Pierce, probably in that order. I'm definitely in that order. Let's give David some, some love here. Um, but it's not like I, I've been, we've been in worse spots as Texas fans with coaches in those sports, maybe yep. not those sports. Cause ba- once again, baseball is so unfair, dude. Like having the baseball job is like, Oh, the previous four guys coached here for a hundred years and they're all hall of famers. Yeah. You know, David Pierce could win a title at Texas and people would still think that's not enough. Like if it's just a singular title. Yeah. That's, that's the standard with Texas baseball. And you look at his predecessors and obviously they, they won more than one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Billy dish would have won. God knows how many he would have won and getting back to it. If you want to really count and go back to 1900, Texas would have like 28. Yeah. Fuck you, LSU. Fuck you, USC. I don't want to fucking hear any of it. We are the Yankees. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't claim the, uh, we don't go Aggie on that deal. Although we could because they're actual championships, but we don't do it, I guess. What, um, how did that even come up? Was he uh, cause that is we're so- talking about Asians and Taylor Swift and getting laid, and then we got to, we're the fucking Yankees, bro. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant, how did uh, Elko even bring that up? I thought you were referencing that. Oh, oh, when he, uh, what did he say? The flagship university of the state the other day. Did you hear him say that? Yeah. I'm, come on, man. Like, yeah. no, no, I mean, you know, you say, uh, I, I guess you say what you, uh, say in those press conferences to try to get people to like you, but he, you sound like an idiot. When you say that, it's not only Texas fans who think he's an idiot for saying that. Like everybody in the world who doesn't root for AM is like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? That's why are you lying to the people like that? Come on. Yeah. At some point when you're so oblivious to stuff as a person or a group, I've been there personally. You've been there. We've all been there. When you continue to be that oblivious, someone needs to wake your ass up and say, Hey, if you want to get shit straight, maybe stop being so oblivious to everything or stop living in this fantasy world because yeah. there, there's no react. You're right. There's someone in Maine who doesn't give a shit about either. and be like, well, I can look at it. No, no, you're not. What? It's like, it's, it's a clickbait comment. Like, does he need to be doing stuff like that? I don't know. It's, it's the same with any coach, right? If he wins, it doesn't matter what he says at the press conference, but like, do you need to be just drawing attention to yourself and to your program like that? Or should you be focused on, you know, maybe trying to find ways to win games and do better than the guy who just got fired before you? Yeah. And I think because he hadn't coached the game yet. And I mean, he doesn't sound like an Aggie. He sounds like a Yankee. And he's just getting used to it that, yeah, throw that out there. It's some easy chum for them. Um, but any, I would hope any Aggie with worth their salt would be very embarrassed by that. I feel like most of them were not. Most of them probably ate it up, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, probably, I mean, I mean, you know, but that's also one of those, you know, I guess my point with the being oblivious is you can eat all that stuff up. At some point, you're going to put some cold water on your face and realize, you know, the reason we've been such a fucking national joke since 1939 in almost everything 
their baseball program is easily the biggest joke of big time programs who should have been to. Uh oh. Can you hear me? Got you now. You got me? All right. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's just kind of, it was just, it keeps on rotating, but hopefully we'll be good to go. Um, their football program, and I, I mean this in a weird way as a compliment to AM. Like, they, they should have done a lot more than they have, right? And they know that. If you secretly know that, you know, get some cold water on the face and say, you know what? No, 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 none of this, none of this. We're going to call it like it is. We've been a fucking joke. Let's turn that around right now. Because if we keep on telling ourselves that we've been better than we actually have been and everyone's laughing at us, but we can just kind of hide underneath our, our blanket and mm-hmm. go, everything's okay. I'm doing well in life. It's going to continue. So as a Texas fan, keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're right. I mean, if Elko did say something along those lines at either his introductory press conference or the NSD one he had yesterday, that'd worry me a little bit. If he's just like, I'm here because this program has failed miserably for a long time. Yeah. And they felt like they had to turn to me to make things right. That is my goal. Like to get us where AM fans feel like we should be. Right. That that is why I am here. That is my goal. Not to make these clickbait comments, not to just say stuff to try to piss Texas, sorry, the T sips off. Like just we've sucked. My job is to make sure we don't suck anymore. If he said that, I'm sure a lot of Aggie fans would be like, dude, how can you say that? How can you say we suck? But the real ones like that you talked about, they'd be like, no, shit, this is cool. This is what we've needed. We've needed this around here for a long time. And, oh, we finally have a guy who's going to do it. Uh Uh-oh. Back-to-back freezes from KD. Now we've lost him for a second. All right, well, we effort to get uh, KD's – I think he's on an iPhone when he – does the show these days because that's usually better than his computer's wi-fi which that doesn't make any sense although maybe he's on lte that would make a little bit more sense but uh so you guys don't have to see just my face for a moment let's let you uh see the faces of dan and hayden covert a word from one of our great sponsors covert bk hi i'm dan covert with my wife hayden welcome to covert bk Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Covert BK. Also, some love to Bet US. If you're looking to make some money on Super Bowl Sunday this weekend, make sure you get over to Bet US. If you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the video description below. If you're listening on the app, just click Explore Our Socials on the app and then hit the link for Bet US. Make an account, deposit 50 bucks, and uh, well, they're going to match your deposit. They're going to give you free money so you can win more money. And, uh, yeah, you'll be on your way to cashing in on the biggest sporting event of the year. But you don't have to wait till Sunday to get involved. You've got NBA tonight. You've got the NHL. You've got college basketball. You've got golf going on. If you want to bet on all of it, you can do so at BetUS, where the game begins. Once again, click the link below in the description, and uh, you will be on your way 
to winning. Uh, also, some love to audio visual consultations, 512-255-8678. That's the phone number to call. You see the TVs behind me. Uh, these were hooked up by AV Consultations, and I didn't buy these TVs. Like AV Consultations, they got me a great deal. They got the TVs. They can get all the equipment at great prices because they buy them in bulk, and then they'll hook you up. They install it professionally. You don't see any wires sticking out. TVs look great. They're super easy to use. They answered every question that I have. They're the very best at what they do. So don't mount your own TVs. Don't buy your own TVs. Let them literally do everything. You will thank me later. Uh, I've been a proud customer of audiovisual for a long time now. They've been around since 1988. Uh, KD's gone through AV consultations. Trey, Bucky, all of us, man. Chip has had three houses hooked up by AV consultations. Tom McKay and the crew at AVC. Nobody does it better. Give them a call. 512-255-8678. KD is, I see his screen, but don't see the visual yet. See if we can get some things set up there. Shout out to AV Consultations, though, and also some love to Altstad Beer, the best beer that you can find all throughout the great state of Texas. If you got Super Bowl parties coming up, of course you have Super Bowl parties coming up. Make sure you show up with some Altstad Beer, the best beer that uh, you can find. It's easy to find, too. H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you go. Get you some Altstad Beer. No impurities, no regrets. All right. Uh, you're on you're on mute on the computer now. We see you, which is good. So the phone phone like was fucking up and computer like that, baby. God is great. I, I don't even know. It, it's amazing. It's like Russian roulette trying to uh, figure out what device is going to connect at your apartment. My my, my work one's coming in uh should be in I think uh next week. So, and then, and then at that point, I'm going to take this one in, you know, it's funny. I act like, I mean, I, it's mainly for work, but I act like hey, I could do anything without technology, but like, I didn't want to give this one in and, and not have anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking about a computer, right? Not a phone. Oh yeah. I mean, the phone's fine, you know, but obviously StreamYard may be a little bit too much for the phone. Yeah. Do you have a work phone too? Or are you a, just one phone guy? No, I I was a two phone guy for too long, um, especially at Morgan, and uh, it just I, I hate having I hate having two phones. I mean, at some point I needed a Merce, you know, or a fanny pack, and I'm not that old yet. Mm. Um, so yeah, so no, I only have this phone, which is great. I only want one phone. I didn't want two computers either, um, but you know, with all this going on, and and so kind of is what it is, but uh. Getting back to it, so yes, AM, and I, I really do mean that as a compliment, but I mean I, I think in, you mentioned it, you go, you TCP, you know, TU. They're 51-year-old guys who make two million a year and own three corporations and say TU. I can't even say University of Texas. <laughs> that, uh. is, that is your problem. If you went to a really good shrink and said, so, you know, what are the issues here, Gerald? Um, and he kept on saying T.U. And she goes, well, you keep on saying T.U. Yeah, Texas University. Oh, you mean the University of Texas? I went to TCU. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a Texas fan, but um, 
like that's what they're called um yeah and you're you're in your 50s you have three kids um that is the crux of their problem i know it doesn't sound like it but like you could start there and right away just unravel everything that they've been going through yeah yeah it's a good point i mean that how is tu even insulting like that's the other thing. Like I, I, I get you and I are in the same boat with horns down. We don't give a shit. I think no. it's hilarious. I think it should yes. be promoted, right? Like stuff it's a comp- It's a compliment. It's a compliment, and I'll say this about any trash talk in sports. Like that's what makes sports great. It's the competition. Like yeah, exactly. In college sports, like rivalries are awesome. So if your rival is doing horns down, then cool, beat them, shut them up, whatever. Right. Uh, but like I, I get why some Texas fans out there. Don't like horns down. I can't sit here. I wish I could sit here and say 100% of this fan base feels like we do when it comes to horns down. It's not true. There are some Texas fans who don't like it, and I get why they don't like it. I don't agree with it at all, but I get it. My mom, eighth generation Austinite and Texan, and is kind of a country girl, and, you know, God bless anyone ever tries to break into her home. (laughs) You know, she answered the door the other day and had a gun behind her. It's like, mom, she's like, oh, they, they were trying to, you know, she's like, I didn't know who it was. When you showed up? No, no. So, someone else did. Someone was, you know, going around the neighborhood and Taylor and uh, my mom answers and and has, you know, her right, her right hand behind her. And she had a fucking Glock. Mm. Like, you know, she's got guns everywhere. She she but she's the type, that kind of person that it, it does. It doesn't keep her up at night, um, but she doesn't like it. It, yeah, look, it's is it disrespectful at its core? Sure, it is, and I, and I think it's cool. Like, I think disrespect amongst sports fans should be promoted. You're repping your team, you're talking trash about your rival. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I'm also not going to visit your mom without you ever. Not that I was <laughs> going to do that before I heard that. You've story. been there, you've been there. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, she's a sweet woman, and she's all of what five to 100 pounds. I love her, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like so much fun to talk to and hilarious. But yeah, make sure when we go visit her next time, we call her like three times on our way just to let her know that we are coming. It is us. Well, if you remember, you and I were out with uh, rest in peace, John Miller. And um, and John loved you and I and and wanted to bring us to his barbecue spot. We sat there and drank some beers and uh, ate a bunch of incredible brisket and just shot the shit, but it was close to Taylor. So we're going to stop by there. And I did call a couple of times. <laughs> you did just to make sure. Oh God. All right. So uh, long winded way of getting to, I get how you find horns down offensive. How is TU offensive at all? Like what? That's just, you sound like an idiot. Like you say, you're just saying it wrong. Like, are you talking about Tulane? Like who Tulsa? Who is TU? What is that? And why Why is that? Like, is that the bit? Oh, we're calling them by the wrong name, and uh, that's going to really stick it to them. It's like, no, you literally sound dumb as shit yes. when you say that. Like, what? Yes. what is the goal there? You're embarrassing yourself way more than you're embarrassing us. Yes. Um, and I've taught, I mean, I've, look, we all have Aggie buddies, you know. Sure. That's the funny thing. I thought about it. Like, I mean, a lot of my friends ended up going or a lot of them, yeah, ended up going to AM or, you know, I knew Aggies growing up. I've dated Aggies. I never had anyone who went to Oklahoma. That's changed a lot, obviously, from 97 till to now. 
you know, from Austin schools. A lot of kids actually do go there. But I've talked to some smart Aggies about it. They're like, well, actually, technically, in the Constitution, it was. And I'm like, all right, dude, it's the University of Texas. Like, and you're Texas agricultural mechanical. Like, like, just, you know, it is what it is. Just beat us on the field and no one will care about right. what the name is. Yeah. Like, my most of my Aggie buddies, like, they think it's a joke, too. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's a generational thing, like, maybe as we get – you know, the, the old head start to die off a little bit, then that insult won't be as prevalent as it has been. But like my, the guys, my age who went to A&M are just like, you're Texas. We hate you, but you're oh, TU. What is that? Yeah. Like T T sip, I guess makes sense. Cause that's, I don't know, a personality yeah. shot. Yeah. 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 I get that. You know, that, that one actually is like, okay, like, yeah. Uh, not a great insult, but an insult that has some legs to it. Sure. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. There's some truth there. There, there are some very tea sipping Texas Tons, you know, a thousand percent. But like the, the TU, it's like, what do you, I, I'll never get it. I'll never get most of what they do, but that's at the very top of the list of things that I just don't understand about the cult that is A&M. Yeah. And, and not to come off as too sexist here, but. Um, that's a good start. Put some fucking broads for your cheerleaders. Come on, uh, man, dude. Yeah. You know, I've never seen it, but the funniest thing ever would be to see USC and AM play in football. Because whatever you think of USC year in and year out in my 45 years, holy fuck balls. Dude. At 12, I wanted to nail all of them. At 45, I wanted to nail all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They they are year in and year out fucking smoke shows with their sweaters and their little boobies popping around and and then you've got you know woo and, and you know grabbing ass Rick Perry style. I am uh, I'm surprised. Like there's obviously been a push for male cheerleaders on like NFL teams, right? In recent years, we've seen a few NFL teams like add a male cheerleader to the squad. Has there ever been a push at AM for the opposite? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I've got no, like, I, I, Yeah, but obviously because they want women. Like, they want to look at women. But yes. it's, it's not like a like a culture, like, oh, equality. Like, I'm talking about in terms of equality. Like, well, for, for the other way, it's like, why don't we let a man be in there? They can be cheerleaders, too. Like, at A&M, why is it not? Or I'm surprised it hasn't been. Like, why can't we have a woman in there at the A&M cheerleading squad? How has no one stepped up and uh, I guess it's AM, but it still yeah, feels weird. Um, <laughs> the problem is they haven't got a lot of interest from the women that are there because women are like men. And if you're going to be in a social organization like that, you want to have um, an opposite sex is actually into you. <laughs> uh, getting, back, yeah. getting back to Rick Perry. Yeah, nice. Yeah, USC. So Texas. Uh, we had that home and home against USC, right? It was towards the end. Of, maybe it was right after I graduated college. It was in the last decade, maybe was seven. Was that that Sam game that they should have won like his freshman year? Or... Yeah, yeah, 17-18. We played out there first. Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold, yeah, we should have beat them. Yep. They had that. Michael Pittman. Yeah, that last second. It wasn't a Hail Mary. Remember at the end of the first half, they called like a screenplay and we could we couldn't tackle the – Oh, was that was that was that uh, Roland Jones? Yeah, it might, it might, it might have been Charlie Strong's favorite, Roland Jones the second. <laughs> he probably called him the fourth or something on that email too, idiot. I call, uh, I call yeah. him Trey. 
uh, ridiculous. And then we beat him the next year in Austin. We beat the brakes off of him yeah, the following year. Was, I think JT Daniels. That was a JT Daniels team that came to Austin. How many times um, did we fucking play JT Daniels? Like three? Yeah, we played him at three different schools. SC, West Virginia, and Rice. Yeah. Amazing. I think he's done. I think he has to be done at this point. But everything I heard, I think him and Brock Cunningham are starting a real estate firm. Um, <laughs> they've been doing it for 10 years. So, I mean, I you know, they have experience. Yeah. Yeah. They, they both have like at least three degrees to their names at this point. But USC, yeah. I mean, I like obviously the cheerleaders, but just that campus in general, like walking around. I was right out of college too. So I was as horny as, as you could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, but just the pregame, just walking around the tailgates at USC, it was like, dude, I, like I, I, I could count on two hands the amount of girls I did not find attractive there. Yeah, and there were like thousands of them walking around, and it was just like, it, it'd be it'd be mystifying if I found one that I didn't want to sleep with. That's yeah. how insane all, all of them are out it, there. It's ridiculous. So junior year, my dad takes me. I'd been a couple times, but takes me to South Bend, right Notre Dame game, sure. and um, you know just to see. I mean, you know if I. Did get in, you know, it's a place you want to go to. And I was pretty sure I wanted to go to UT, and that, and he knew that. But, you know, I also respect Notre Dame. It's a great school. So we're walking around campus all weekend long, go to the game. And, like, on the last day, we're walking by. And the hottest chick I'd seen by far is walking the other way. Dude, I was a junior in high school, and there, there weren't many girls my age who looked twice at me. So I looked second trimester and, you know, still had slime on me like the nurse said and wiped me off. Mm. Um, that's what happens with babies, right? I don't know. Um, yeah. We don't know. So we're walking by. She just, I mean, I'm just like, and she doesn't even look at me. And I look at my dad and I said, that's the hottest chick by far I've seen all weekend. He goes, what would she be in Austin? I don't know, six or seven. Mm. And he looks at me and he goes, you're not coming here, are you? And I go, uh-oh. <laughs> decision's been made uh-uh. he do uh-uh. yeah no and i because we played notre dame respect your alma mater i'm gonna root for him I ain't sure. <laughs> yeah because we we played notre dame two years before right 2015 uh up at south bend and that was my senior year so i i made that same trip and um yeah did not have a similar experience as i did at usc beautiful campus though right gorgeous campus yeah was it? linebackers was the cool bar uh, bar yeah Awesome spot. People there were not. I mean, there are some stories like everyone. Everyone tries to generalize every fan base. It's the stupidest yeah. thing ever. Like, I love Texas fans, of course. I love Texas, but we we have some shitheads. Every fan base has some great fans that are fun to be around. Awesome people, and every fan base also has like just a holes. Yeah, tons of them. Yeah, uh, it, it's just you get lucky, right? Like I, I know people who went to South Bend. Every race has everything. Bingo. Yeah, the, the hasty generalizations we all make, and we're all guilty of it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never done it. Right. Whatever. It's bad. It's a bad bit. I wish it's something I didn't do. It's something we all should do a lot less of. Uh, but, yeah, it's like I had a great time at Notre Dame. There's some people who are like, oh, they were a-holes. They were jerks. Everyone who talked to me was incredibly nice, incredibly welcoming. Like yeah. I, I walked into the basketball stadium and, like, just walked around there, and everyone was like, oh, come in. Like, come check this out. Here's this. Here's this. And I'm like, this is fantastic. And then I, like – I got back and people were like, oh, they sucked. But anyways, the the women up there, all the hottest women who were at that game were wearing burn orange. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wouldn't, even, wouldn't even close. 
Yeah, or or she's 35 and her husband and her took a private jet from Chicago. It's like that's an hour, that's an hour-long trip. We don't want to do it. You know, we just took the, you know, whatever. They or they flew in from LA. Yeah. And, you know, she's married with a huge rock and and you ain't getting in on that until till the uh, prenup's done. Yeah. If even then, because she's probably yeah. got a, a yeah, yeah, list. no, you and I aren't. Someone else is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how we got down that I, rabbit hole. Yeah, this is why I love talking with you, talking with Trey. I have no idea how how you know, Trey. We just had an hour long car wreck. We don't know what the fuck we <laughs> talked about. So. It's good. It was a good car wreck, though. I think you know nobody nobody died. No serious injuries. At least I. Oh don't. no! It was a blast. It was a lot of. I like car wrecks. Hmm. Minor ones. Hmm. Like to to be in them, to watch them, to more to be in them. Okay. What were what were some of the topics? Uh, A and M, T sip, um, BK. Uh, yeah. We got into sexual stuff. Fat girls at Notre Dame. Um, Hot girls at USC. Yep. Uh, yeah. Talk- the, uh, the, the Rick, girls- Rick, Rick Perry and his tendencies. The girls at USC and Notre Dame are wearing sweaters and sweatshirts for completely different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, very true. That was right in front of me, man. I talked about the USC sweaters, and I thought in my head, I was like, "PK, you know, in the winter, they're they're wearing a lot of sweaters. You know, fat girls are good at that, really good at hiding stuff like that. And and we're guys, we're fucking stupid, so we don't care. And you know, once you get in the bedroom and all the layers are off, eh, you know, it's it's too late at that point, right? What do yeah. you gonna do? Well, it's not too late, but we're we're pigs, so yeah, you just deal with the squishiness at that point, I guess. Yeah. And by the way, bigger girls are better lays anyway. More cushion for the pushing? Yeah, and they're also, they're giving a little bit more. Trying harder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blow mm-hmm. jobs, all that. Yeah. Checks out. Well, they they do. Never mind. All right. <laughs> you, guys talk, you guys talk for a minute. Give me a goddamn second. <laughs> Wait a second. I thought I was the one who was supposed to be leaving right now. What happened? Uh, all systems go. It sounds like only uh, only one, uh, two technical difficulties for Kevin in hour one. He had one. He froze once and then froze a second time and had to switch from his phone to his computer. And he just you just never know what device is going to be working for him. But I think uh, I think we're on computer now. Phone to computer. Phone to computer. Yeah, he started with the phone, which has been working well for y'all. The last few weeks, that crapped out. So we made the switch to the computer, uh, which I, I think is where he just was. And so far, so good, but knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Longhorn Bear. What's a computer? Uh, it was yeah. a blast from the past. What's a computer? There it is. Oh, you got it in there. I didn't realize that. What's a computer? Yeah. I haven't played that one as much. That commercial is like old. That that has not been a thing in years. So you got to be a true fan of ours to remember that drop. Because even towards the end of the time at the station, I wasn't playing that that much because that commercial was old then. So I don't know. What were you doing? You told me what you were doing. Family stuff, gym stuff. Yeah. So the girl 
has her tumbling practice on Thursdays now. She just got moved up a level. Unfortunately, we were on Wednesdays previously, which is when I'm not on from three to five. So I have more flexibility and it's when we try to schedule stuff. But the new class is only available on certain days, not including Wednesdays. Well, Justine works from home on Thursdays. And so she has some flexibility with regards to rides to and from. But she had a work call that was just unavoidable this week. So I appreciate you guys helping me out there. So I dropped her off at Tumbling and then went went and grabbed Calvin from something called Run Club, which they hold after school on Thursdays at Rick Perry Elementary School. Hey, speaking of Rick Perry Mm -hmm. in Cedar Park. And so, yeah, it's just them running around the field for like 30 to 45 minutes, which is good exercise. It's nice to get nice to get them outside if the conditions allow. And so I scooped him up and then just got back home a few minutes ago. There aren't too many clubs that I don't have any interest in, but a running club. No I look, I have already been the asshole in my household and going old man on running clubs and how stupid and pointless the act of running is understanding that running can be good for a person mentally, physically, like in terms of the effort exerted, it is not as good as plenty of other exercises. And you actually get to a point of not just diminishing returns, but where you're actually, you're breaking your body down to the degree that it becomes pretty harmful for you too. And that's around the, I mean, it's different for everybody, but around the half marathon or marathon distance that people like to run. Why would you ever run a marathon? I don't get it, dude. There are people that run like 50 and 100 miles or something called the Death Valley 100, I believe, where you're literally running through Death Valley for 100 miles out in California. And you have to run You have to run on the paint on the road, on the white on the side of the road. Otherwise, your shoes will melt to the fucking pavement. All right, whatever happens, yeah, I don't care. I, I, you know, uh, you, you fucking deserve it. I'm not. I'm not rooting for it, but when it happens, it's like I didn't say I was rooting for it. I said I didn't care. Whatever. No, 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 I, I, I agree. I, you did not say. I was, I was clarifying for me. I'm not rooting for it, but I do laugh at the. It's not even irony. The stupidity of a person seeing what the risks are and just being like, you know what? Fuck it. This is going to be worth it. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for it. Not <laughs> <laughs> one of us is, has the guts to say it. You know. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Austin Marathon a week from Sunday. I I look forward to seeing you guys there. When's oh. the kite? When's the kite festival? Easy on that. Oh, when are the, kite with yeah. The when's, when's the rabbit sixty nine puppy bowl that we're gonna have in Soaker Park? That actually, I would go to that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 hold yeah, on. Is that I, a real? I take that back. I'm gonna see if they'll sponsor us. Thirty broads looking for a first date. I, I, re- I literally had a girl that was like, do you want to go to the kite festival? Mm. I mean, Jewish? No, I wish. Mm. Um, no, uh, wasn't that wet. But um, but she, uh, <laughs> uh, you know that, BK. You know what I'm course, talking about there, Of course brother. I do. Yeah, I do. I hey, do. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, first Jewish girl I was with, I was like, yeah, maybe she's really into me. Apparently, they're just built like that. Oh, oh! Jewish girls are are, in my experience, abnormally. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it just to piss them off. Moist. Mm. 
Yeah, they're chosen down there too, you know. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I will leave on that, I guess. Yep. I hope mom's not watching. I'll quit while I'm behind. I'm talking about mine, Trey Zaniers. Yeah. Uh, God bless. My mom <laughs> has had to accept not watching this channel. Yeah. Good, very glad Good about. Move. That's the one uh, good thing about Cindy. Cindy's watched before and been like, yeah. I'm like, I, I you know, I, Trey and I were kind of going off today. She's like, yeah, it was funny. Of course. I tell my mom, who's like, you know, you don't have to go certain places. I'm like, yeah, but I, I like doing that. It's amusing. And it's about the amusement of the two of us right? as much as it is anything else. Like, I hope that people are entertained by this. I think they will be because you and I are both good individually, but we also have just fucking wackadoo conversations. Yeah, we do. That crack me up hours after they've happened. So I know they get at least a couple of other people you know Dude, i'm gonna go back and watch the uh probably 50 minutes that dk and i did or 55 whatever and like i mean it, it, i i i'm kind of sure what happened but it was just i mean all three of us have those i mean i, I hear y'all and y'all do the same fucking thing we're kind of we're like a trio of people we can just interchange our parts and god knows what's gonna come yeah, I feel like the channel on the whole is getting like that, generally speaking, but it's at an extreme degree with you and me or either of us with BK. Yeah. Like Jeff, uh, I love Jeff Howe for a lot of reasons. He's got a great sense of humor, though. He's got a sense of humor that I probably slept on a little bit when I first met him, but totally agree. He has a uh, very demented outlook and sense of humor on things as well that's a lot of fun to play with when we do the crosstalk between the 11 and 12 o'clock shows jeff barker's pretty funny too from what i've heard jeff barker man i i've liked our my conversations with him for a long time before we ever did anything into a microphone and camera which sounds weird but yeah i'm, I'm glad people uh, other people are getting to see that side of him because as you know as someone who worked in television you don't get the opportunity to really show your personality. He's a really cool, smart, and funny dude, too. A lot of old man in Jeff Barker. Yeah. That I really appreciate kind of, a longtime kind of, old man. Kind of surprised me. I do get a kick out of, though, when you're in different mediums and, like, the shit I do now. And this is more me than anything, whether you like it or not. Uh, but people that only watch me on LHN, they're like, I really liked you doing baseball play by play. And they're listening. They're like, holy shit. Like, and I'm like, yep. And there I you go. Hey, really I, hey, I took I took the four sweaters off. This is what you get. <laughs> well done there. Yeah. Well done. And I'm wetter than a Jewish chick. <laughs> I learned something new on this channel every day. That's it for me. I didn't realize. That was kind of a, a little bit of a, because, you know, as a guy, especially early on when you haven't done a lot of stuff and you're gaining your confidence and, you know, girls are actually saying yes to you or, you know, that like, you know, there's a little bit of a, Hey, you know, I'm doing something right. She's into me. And I talked to a Jewish buddy with BK's fraternity. He's like, nah, he's like, dude, that's not, you know, it's like, that uh, wouldn't good. you. He's like, that wouldn't you bro. Good for them and their partners, I guess. Are there yeah, any- oh, right. No, it's a, it's a great, it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Are there any other uh, stereotypes? Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's good stereotype. Are there any other uh, ethnicities, religions? Oh, I think you say stereotypes with Jewish women. Yeah, I got a couple, but I'm not going to go there. 
Judaism is uh, ethno-religious. So are there any of either that have a similar reputation? Because if so, I'm not familiar. No. Okay. You and I did not talk at all about Super Bowl 58 on Tuesday. Why would we? The game is nearly a week away at that point. But I did want to get your thoughts on it now, since this will be our last chance to talk into a microphone in front of a camera until the game on. We're season. talking before then. We're, we're going to talk tonight, you and I. You and I, yeah. We talked the other night. We're, we are going to talk between them. Just, I'm just saying in terms of like other people getting to eavesdrop on this conversation. So you are a 49ers fan. You're not as big of an NFL fan as you were 20-plus years ago, let's say. But you're still rooting for the 49ers. You are yeah. a fan after all. Yeah. Where, where are you with this game right now? San Francisco is a slight favorite, of course. It is Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, what do you think ultimately ends up happening on Sunday? Wrong team's favored. It should be close, though. Um, there are a lot of advantages I see with San Francisco. I mean, who who's Kansas City's right tackle? Just a big lump of dog shit. 77, a sack of fucking potatoes, dude. And he's been going up against Bosa. Um, so there are definite advantages I see with San Francisco in this game. And I like us one through 53 more. The problem is one. Right. And, or one five or one three. Um, and in the current day NFL, I'm not going to pick fucking Brock Purdy over Pat Mahomes. Sorry. I'm just not. That's a tough one. I think it'll be tight, and I think the Chiefs will win. Yeah, it's going to be one of two things, in my opinion, because the Chiefs are really good defensively, but they have struggled a little bit against the run. It's either going to be a Pat Mahomes game or a Christian McCaffrey game with Brock Purdy doing some complimentary stuff through the air. Yep. But it also seems like, this is the time where we see some of those. I, I don't know how many it is a game. It feels like five on an average game. Like Brock Purdy has these plays where it feels like it should be pretty catastrophic for his team. Yep. Teams haven't cashed in on those things just yet. And this does feel like a game where that ends up happening on the biggest stage. But hey, maybe maybe he will continue to have luck on his side. So they, I think Kyle Shanahan knows that. You see Kyle Shanahan not wanting to throw the football too much, but you can't c- become that one-dimensional. Um, but I, I do foresee them really trying to get Christian McCaffrey going. He had some really nice runs last week as well, obviously. And again, you were playing into what is the the weaker aspect of this Chiefs defense and doing that. And they're one of the best teams, pass coverage-wise, all season long in the NFL. Yep. No, you're right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the matchup and everything. I just, I mean, at the end of the day, I know how important quarterback play is. And the reality is, is that, you know, you know me, I, I am the last guy to be, you know, to prisoner of the moment and prisoner of the moment can even be real time within 10 years. So Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Montana, Brady, Elway, Marino, Randall Cunningham was probably my favorite as a kid. Steve Young, you can go through the whole fucking list. Warren Moon was tragically underrated. Um, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. In, in in an era where it's just everything's put in front of them, like all the rules are in favor of you. They can't touch you. They can't touch your receivers. Go play some seven on seven, bro. 
people in that prisoner of the moment way when Tom Brady was starting to win more and more Super Bowls, wanted to crown him as better than Joe Montana. And I will give you credit. I think ultimately you did end up on that side, but we're like, hold on now. Let's not diminish the accomplishments of Joe Montana. Tom Brady is good, but there's still a little bit more that needs to happen here. So for you to say that about Pat Mahomes is a huge statement. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's that fucking good. Um, And we haven't, so I rewatched Texas, Michigan, 2004 last night, Rose Bowl, mm. 2005 Rose Bowl, 04 season. And just the beauty and the brilliance of Vince and Dan Fouts, who was so good. And Keith, Jack- God, Keith Jackson should have hung it up in 95. He was so awful late. And I love Jackson. So to, it's not blasphemy. Um, it's a compliment to him and how great he was that I could see the slippage. I guess he would have been doing the Rose Bowl game in 2004. I don't even remember. We were watching it at Antonio's off of fucking 35 and 183 in the audio. If it wasn't off, maybe it was the Craig Way broadcast or something. It was a radio remote. Got it. Um, but just the brilliance of him and Fouts said a couple of times, he goes, you know, people ask me, who does he remind you of? He goes, nobody. Nobody. Because I've never seen anything like it. Quarterback, running back, receiver, I've never seen anything like it. And Mahomes is kind of that. Yeah, because you see guys being compared to him now that can throw from different arm angles yeah, right. and I know. move around and will move like a shortstop going to the right or going to the left and still make a really accurate throw, just figure out the right angle that he needs to use to get it past the defender and complete to one of his receivers. Yeah, it's, it is otherworldly in a lot of ways. Like it's not, It's not a fluke that we're seeing him in his fourth Super Bowl now with a chance to win a third. Going three of four, by the way. Right. Or his first four Super Bowls is amazing. No, so, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, and I, God, I'm, I'm giving Pat a lot of love here. Um, although it's, I, it's one of the great things about doing this for so long. I've been so off on guys, and then the ones you get right are really cool too. But you remember Pat Mahomes, his old junior, the last two years I was coming in every day with a five and seven tech team on Monday and t- talking way too much about Pat Mahomes. Yep. And not and not because not because I'm Bill Walsh. Um because it because no one was watching tech and he was making 70 yard throws like off one fucking foot. And he was just out of he had a he had a game where he had 800 total yards and they lost to Baylor. Yep. Like he was that he was that good and he really is that special. Um so hey uh, speaking of uh, go ahead what were we gonna say I was going to ask you because we're hearing this narrative a lot this week with, um, why am I forgetting his name now? The former tech coach who is now an offensive Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, thank you. We're hearing this narrative a lot now because Cliff Kingsbury is the OC with the commanders. That he was instrumental in <laughs> Mahomes' development. How instrumental do you think he was in Mahomes' development? Look, Not much at all. We, we, we all understand Cliff Kingsbury should not be a head coach again at the NFL or college level. He is a shitty head coach. He might have it as an OC. I think he does. I think it's a worthwhile risk that's being taken. There's a risk being taken by Dan Quinn in Washington right now. But I keep hearing that. I'm like, I don't know how true that is. I think Pat Mahomes would have gotten this good with or without Cliff Kingsbury in college. Yeah, I mean, I would give Pat Mahomes uh, shortstop coach more as much credit. Kingsbury did a good job. Obviously, he did a good job with Manziel. He's a good coordinator, good quarterback coach, but you don't teach a lot of that 
I'm sure there was development and, and stuff that he got better at. But one of the reasons why people laughed at me when I'm like, Mahomes should be a first-round pick. And remember, Pat Mahomes, October before he went out, hell, in November, people were saying he's a fourth or fifth-round pick or a third-round pick. Like, Pat, it was never – so me even saying, hey, I'd take him in the first round, kind of got laughed at a little bit. Dude, he's a gunslinger. He lets stuff go too much. He didn't really read the field. There's all this stuff. So I'm sure he helped him out a little bit, but it's not like Mah- it's not like Mahomes was crystal clean coming out of tech and really refined. No. Sitting that year was a huge benefit to him. Huge benefit. I that is it, it, you know, if y'all listen to me, I hear talk about Dylan Mitchell, college basketball. Um, I love what's going on with Arch. Anything in life. As someone who's been thrown into the fire most of my life, and I've thrown myself into the fire. I'm the one at 15 that said, put me on the radio, right? I mean, I, I've done that. I'm the one that said, real world, let's fucking go. I, I, so, and I'm glad I did that. But if you can sit and learn and develop before you actually get live bullets thrown at you, do that. You'll be better with the first 10 rounds of bullets. And you may not have confidence issues, whatever, all the stuff that goes into the very beginning of, oh shit, I got live bullets thrown at me. You know, there are no psychological issues. And I think he's a great example, man. He, he was ready to go, ready to go. Hey, you know, Brock, Pur- I saw this on Twitter. You know, Brock Purdy looks like. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. I don't really see it though. Like I see what people are talking Is about. It more the hair. The hair a little bit, but even the hairline is not the same. There's like a little bit going on with the muzzle, like the mouth into the nose, but I see the differences there too. It was amusing that he got asked a question about that at the oh, Super did he Bowl really? Media Night Extravaganza. Yeah, of course, because people ask are asking the most random stupid shit there. And he gave a great response, though. I mean, he doesn't need to give some long-winded 30 to 60-second response on it unless he's a big fan of the details surrounding John F. Kennedy's murder. Can you uh, imagine my, Can you imagine my answer to that? I, I know. That's that's why I said that. It's like it was a good answer for him, I guess. But if it were you, man, I would have loved that one so much more. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I've seen it. I'm like, what do you think of it? That was the thoughts of it. Yeah. Apparently, he lives with two buddies who are Niners. Like, one's practice squad guy. One was drafted in front of him, like, in the fifth round. And they live in, a, uh, in an apartment, three-bedroom apartment. Which probably runs them about $100,000 a month in San Francisco. That's the whole thing. Uh, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, on his budget? Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, until he gets hooked up with a slightly bigger deal. Yeah, he's going to have to split rent. With a few others. Yeah. Also dealing with massive amounts of human excrement outside his front door. Yeah, I said two of them were his buddies. One's a squatter, but they're in. <laughs> One's somebody who broke into the house and just took the empty bedroom, and they, they're unable to kick him out now because San Francisco or police are like, what? He's homeless. Well, technically he has a home now, but we still consider him homeless, though. I've been here for 96 hours. I'm in. I'm on the lease. I talked to uh, Steve Byrne, the comedian. Are you familiar with him? Steve half, Byrne. Half Korean, half Irish. You may have seen him at the comedy store when you were uh, a frequent visitor there. Comedy seller. 
or comedy seller, excuse me. Yeah. Hmm. He's a half really Korean, half Irish. I bet you he's fucking funny as shit. Dude, he is no he he's got this soft exterior, as you can imagine from that description. But he Are we talking North Korean or South Korean? Yeah, it's probably South Korean. Just Korean. There we go. Okay. Uh, but he he is he's got this soft exterior, but man, he fucking lets loose on stage. He's gonna be at Creek in the Cave this weekend. Uh, highly recommend you check him out. Two shows tomorrow and two shows on Saturday, seven and nine o'clock. But where's Creek in the Cave again? I've heard you mention that before. It's where we went and saw Louis C.K. So it's next to, um, okay. or it's between Red River and Thirty Five on Seventh Street. Yeah, across the street from the sidebar near where Beauty Bar used to be, or something else there. Now I'm not. Totally That's a cool little spot. Yeah, it's like the CrossFit gym for Austin Comedy Clubs. I like it, though. It's got this dinginess about it that's that can play really well. There's that stuffed bear in the corner that looks like it's about to attack the comedian. It's it's a cool little spot. We're, uh, we're is very- that Bob Populars who was right near there? or No, Bob Populars is on 6th. This is on 7th. I'm trying to think. What was, what was the 7th? You know, Side Street Bar, and then you go up and take a right. What were the two bars there? Jeff King owned them, I think, or... Um... Like you further up Red River, like towards yeah. street on Red River. One was Lone Star, I believe. Okay, and the other had a red painted facade, or maybe that was Lone Star that had the red painted facade. I don't remember the other one. It was like a punk rock club, though. I think. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna get different spots, and or or else it would have been before that. But yeah, the, uh, Creek in the Cave was pretty cool. That was a good little spot there. Yeah, I saw Lewis Katz there a few weeks back. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, solid spot. So anyhow, he moved from L.A. to Nashville in 2020. He had two young kids then, and they were already thinking of moving away before the pandemic hit. But after the pandemic, they're like, oh, this is batshit crazy. We got to get out of here. Um, and part of it was their kids' school. He's got kids that are around my kid's age. And like some of the shit that they were trying to teach him, he's like, this is just completely unacceptable. Like. Not that you shouldn't have that conversation. I shouldn't learn about it at some point, but there is an, an age range where it is highly inappropriate. But and it's uh, up to the parents. Yeah. Period. Yeah, no, no question about that. But he said that uh, the, he, he talked about the homelessness too. And he said he realized that it was time to go when his he and his wife were walking to go eat at a restaurant and in the couple blocks that they walked, there was a homeless guy who was taking a shit while hitting on his wife. He was shitting just onto the sidewalk like a fucking wild animal. And then he looks up at, at Steve Burns' wife and just gives her a line. They get to the restaurant. She's like, I can't fucking eat. That's like the most disgusting yeah. I've ever been in my life. And he said, like, he's a comedian, obviously. So he's got a fucking demented sense of humor. He was just fucking scarfing down. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So, but, honey, you going to have any of those fries there? Yeah. <laughs> Chili cheese fries. So they're walking back to their car after that. And this guy is being questioned by LA's finest, LAPD. Course, they're not going to arrest the guy they're just going to make sure that he uh, doesn't need any fucking pillows or blankets for the night and uh as he's being grilled by the police he he looks back over at her from across the street as they're walking on the sidewalk and delivers the same fucking creepy hitting on her line with the cops just right there and they just like look like look confused and then start talking to him again or whatever he's like it was fucking nuts and he's like and that was the point where we realized it was time to go yeah 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, God bless. I mean, obviously a lot of them are dealing with super addictions and, and you know. Addictions, yeah. You can't say that because not all homeless people. I know not all homeless people. Let's get fucking real about this, though. And a majority are. And, and it is what it is, you know. And so we can either placate it and continue to add to it. Or we can put some hard lines down like a parent. Hard lines. Well, they'd probably do those right away. Um, you know what I mean? Boundaries down and be like, hey, you know, we really want to help you. We're going to spend a lot of our money that we earned that you didn't because you've been lazy and a fuckhead and had some other issues. But we're humans. We want to help you out. We, we would like to get you to the good side. Um, but there are going to be some rules here. Okay. And, and if you break them, we're just going to lock your ass up. All right. Because you're not good for society. You're not good for you. You're not good for me and you're not good for Steve's wife. Yeah, look, those hard lines have been stepped on and are probably being burned up in foil by the time they get to that point. But addiction is a big part of it. There is there is abuse in, in a lot of people's backgrounds that have led to mental yeah. health issues, but the addictions also lead to mental health issues as well. Right. And, and look, and I'm not saying they've had an easy path. I haven't had an easy path. OK, you have it. A lot of people, you may look at and go, oh, you've had an easy road. Fuck you. You, you want to read my autobiography? No, I haven't. Um, and most people have it. It's called life. Um, it's not an excuse to still be a fuck up at a certain age and be just a total drag on society. Yep. Thank you, Rod. Red, Red Eye Fly. That's the name of the other place that I was thinking of. Okay. That I think is the place that you're that you're envisioning too, I think. So homelessness is a big part problem in Seattle. I'd say so, considering that in the COVID era, they shut down an entire city block, including a police station and came up with their own cute little name for that area. That was no police allowed. Oh, until really fucked up shit started happening to people there and they needed the police's help to get people out of there to provide medical assistance. That was you know, a majority of people want to help. There was a woman who was at Walgreens over here forever, and a lot of us helped her out, and she wanted to get help. And she got help, and now she's working at Walgreens. Good it for is her. clean. And Good. no, like all of us are like incredibly proud and and we'll do anything now. You know, if she needs a you know, needs a, a recommendation or whatever. But like she's it's been, I mean, I've lived there for what 12 years, so yeah. you know, this was it's been a long time. And um, like, those are the stories. I mean, most people are good people and want to help. We do feel, I think a lot of people feel taken advantage of that you're working hard and paying taxes and people are, are taking advantage of you, either your heart or your wallet. And that's not fair. Yeah. That's where the whole idea of everybody getting the same share like everybody contributes to work and everybody getting the same share is completely ridiculous because you need to incentivize hard work. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise people are going to do the laziest fucking job possible. Go to Europe, dude. I mean, I know people in America. My dad did this for a little while. If my dad would have hit a certain point, he was still going to make, bring home the same amount of money that he was already making. Because it would have put him to to a different tax bracket, right? Mm. I mean, it, it, you have to incentivize people to do stuff. Now, I also think there's a huge 
obviously woke disparity gap that has only grown in 30 years. We, we've essentially just cut out the middle class in a lot of places. Yeah. And, and the middle class is what makes everything run. And the middle class is what, you know, you can live a great life in the middle class, you know, put money away, retire, take some vacations. Like, you know, you're not living like Bill Gates, but none of us are. And they, they've kind of taken that out. Um, we we need to bring back the middle class. That 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 should be a bumper sticker. It's a great point. A lot of American cities that are dying are just very weird spots to go to. Miami is more third world than it is first world because there is that huge disparity between the rich and the poor without much middle class. The middle class left places like Detroit and has left Cleveland more recently. And so, yes, a healthy middle class is hugely important for a democratic or republic society. No question about that. So who are you taking? Are you taking the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm done betting against Pat Mahomes. Back to your original point. Like I just the Brock Purdy thing, I've watched it all season long. I've fucking watched it for six years now. I've watched what that guy is and how he will occasionally shoot his team in the foot with just these bizarre plays that he likes to make. He's gotten really fucking lucky these last couple of weeks. And that luck has to run out eventually. Or it doesn't. And San Francisco probably wins a championship. Yeah, but it will at some point. Like, I mean, maybe I don't think Brock Purdy will be the quarterback in four years. Agreed. Yeah, he is a guy that shows just how important a system can be for a QB. Yeah. And it makes you like it, it makes me wonder because I saw flashes with Sam Darnold with the Jets a little bit, but more with Carolina. And then he got hurt with Carolina and it all went sideways because Matt rule had just pissed everybody off there. He'd pulled a Tom Herman act, but in Carolina um, and he was on the way out and he was throwing everybody possibly under the bus. And then I, they trade Christian McCaffrey away and uh, that was it for them, obviously. But like, I wonder what a guy like Sam Darnold could do. I thought that at USC, the trait that impressed me the most was his pocket presence. And if you've got good pocket presence at the NFL level, it gives you a chance. And so I think that combined with the arm strength combined with, I mean, speaking of really good developers of quarterbacks and guys who craft their systems around uh, strengths of that QB, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what he could do with Kyle Shanahan as the starter on that football team. Agreed. I mean, it, you know, it's one of the things I love about uh, the shows we do that we can say, you know, Hey, I told you about Pat Mahomes. Uh, I thought Darnold was going to be a really good pro quarterback. So. I, I did too, but then he then he got fucking saddled with the QB screamer, Adam Gase with the Jets. That was a fucking no-win situation for him. And then he goes in for the end of the Matt Rule era in Carolina. He's gotten dealt a pretty shitty hand up to this point. You're right. God, how, how did Adam Gase, how, how is that guy not in, with those eyes, not in prison? <sighs> yeah. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. I assume he's somewhere, but serial killer eyes, man. He, yes. Serial killer eyes, or he has a, a serious thyroid issue or both. Mm. He is. Oh, wow. He hasn't been in the league for a while. Last time he was in the league was with the, uh, as the coach of the New York jets, which ended following the 2020 season. Apparently he's in Wyoming and he hunts a lot now. <laughs> and by hunt, you means 
Uh, you mean write threatening letters? Yeah. People who are advancing technology. <laughs> oh God. Um, hey, so I uh saw this on I forgot where I saw it about a week ago. But it made me think I wanted to bring it up. You mentioned Kyle Shanahan, who's fucking been brilliant. So watch number 87 as the fourth or fifth receiver. I never thought it would have been this guy, right? Um but Mike Shanahan's not a Hall of Famer. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Really? I, that surprised me. And look, he's all, he, look, he, 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 the overall record's not very, and the, the playoff record is not like, won't blow you away. But when you're looking at Hall of Fame for a GM or a coach or anyone who wasn't a player, you've got to take into account through a lot of, a lot of stuff. So he was the OC for the Niners in 94 with one mm. of the best offenses of all time and Steve Young in that team that won it. Um, and I mean, everything you see right now, the outside zone stretch scheme with boots and waggles off of it and zone blocking and the one cut, let's go. That's Mike. Like, Mike gets that love. His coaching tree, the two championships, obviously as a head coach, one is an OC but more that importantly, back, that, those championships were back to back too, weren't they? Yeah, they were John Elway, yeah. Like, like I mean, Elway, two rings before the end of that illustrious yeah. career. Mike Shanahan needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I am com- in complete agreement on this. It's a no brainer to me. It's bizarre that he's not in the Hall of Fame. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, I saw the article and I'm like, he's not in the Hall of Fame, and I'm going through it. And this guy made a lot of the points I made. I knew him, but he did a good job of laying them out. And I was like, yeah. Motherfucker should be in. The, and as I'm reading it, I'm like, what is this, this? And the next, you know, line is, well, he was OC with a 49. I'm like, and he he didn't touch on the, the zone scheme as much, but that is the biggest thing of everything to me. I mean, that is like, you're, that's like Bill Walsh type shit. Your legacy is really living on well past your due date. Thank you for the reminder, CB. Steve McMichael is getting into the Hall of Fame now, which I, I don't, like, I really don't remember if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Personally, I'm glad he's getting in as a Longhorn and a guy is going through hell right now health-wise. I believe it's ALS that he's dealing with. I mean, he's it's by all accounts, very, very close to death here. Yeah. Um, but do you have a favorite Mongo story from his time at Texas? Yeah, I've never given this one. Why not? Robert Brewer told me this way back in the day because Brewer played with them. So McMichael and those guys are just drunk as piss on Sixth Street. Get home or get back to uh, the forty, and had keys to the weight room, and go in there like at three or four in the morning, just drunk as shit. And I forgot what Brewer said, but McMichael put like four hundred or four hundred fifty, whatever it was. It was stupid. And it's just benching it and they're screaming and yelling. Like that was Mongo. Like the, the story that Brewer gave, and I don't want to get into it, you know, because uh, I, I probably missed a couple parts. Um, but that was essentially the story. And that was like, that was my favorite Steve McMichael story. As a kid, I heard that. I'm like, it's four in the morning and you're drunk and probably, you know, maybe some other things in, in that time. Um, and you're like, bench pressing and trying to do a personal rec- record maxing out weren't there stories of him firing guns late at night outside of uh jester too yeah 
I mean, that was a different fucking era, man. I think he had a huge pet snake. Like Michael, Mike, Michael was different, dude. Minus the ALS, should he be a Hall of Famer? No. Honest assessment. Oh, cool. Jarrett Payton will be introducing Mongo. I yeah, I saw be- that. I, I saw him uh, in front of the hospital bed. Yeah. And that's just me being cold-hearted and a doctor there. I love Mongo, and I'm glad he's getting in and get in and let's fucking go, man. I love you. Um, but no, I mean, uh, for me, no. And maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, I watched him obviously with the Bears, and he was really damn good. Played next to William Perry, would add what Richard Dent. Um, God, that was a good fucking team. What other tackle am I missing on the '85 team? Dan Hampton. Dan Hampton. McMichael was really damn good. Um, but the. Fourth best player on that line, though. One of the best lines of all time. So true. You know, that's cool for that. Jarrett Payton is going to do that. I knew had a had the pleasure of knowing Jarrett when I worked for WGN and then the sports radio station that they tried for less than a year. He is truly one of the great individuals on this planet. All hard. Got him on the show when you came back, Walter Son. Yeah, you know what? I could probably get him on the show again. It might be. As we create this list of people that we may talk to throughout the offseason, he is a great name to include on that list. He was, he was, and by the way, I thought about that. I'm, I'm going to give Eric Metcalf a call. Let's get Metcalf on. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should do that this spring and, and start to utilize our, our, uh, our phone books here. Not phone books. What do they call it now? Rolodex. Yeah, but they don't call it that. I was going to say Rolodex and, um, our contacts. Nice. Contact info. Our iPhone contacts. No, but I mean, I remember I'd, I was already impressed by him, and, and you obviously knew him, but I was, you know, we had him on the show for 15, 20 minutes. I forgot what it was for. I mean, you obviously got him on, um, but. It may have been to talk about, because I think you and Chad were going through the best college football teams of all time. We were trying to get guests. Miami, you're right. Yeah, we were trying to get guests associated with those teams, and he's he's the obvious one for me with Miami, especially a few years after we had moved back from Chicago. I have not been in touch with him in a long time. Although, again, he's a great dude, so I'm sure he he was uber impressive. It was one of those you never know with radio interviews, and you know, like you get 20 seconds in, and I look at you and Chad. I was like, "We're good, bro. Let's let this roll." You know, a great memory. His sister is uh, a really good broadcaster too in Chicago. I forget if she's with WGN or somebody else, but yeah, that family who, who knew that Walter had uh, good broadcasting genes. Yeah. Not spoken in interviews, like shy to the cameras, but his kids are not that sweetness. <laughs> sweetness. Oh God. He was a guy, man. Mm-hmm. God, he could run too. Or something else I wanted to, Ask you. Do, 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 do. No, I guess it was Shanahan, so I'm good. What else you got? Let me go to my thoughts. Digital notebook. Yeah, I don't do digital notebooks, baby. Just got nothing, nothing but material in here. The good old way. See, here's the problem, dude. I've got to have. I would love to write stuff down instead of type it into my phone. I think it's. I got a better. I got like 
four of these, dude. If I don't have something with me in the moment, though, it will be in and out, and I cannot keep track of the notebook. I hate myself for that, but that's how it is right now. Um, I played uh, beach volleyball a little bit earlier, and I realized I'm at the point in life where ibuprofen is a performance-enhancing drug. Like my body just generally hurts too much otherwise, but I take the ibuprofen. I can uh, I can reclaim my youth in a sense. Are you serious? Yeah. So I, I love some of the stuff that you'll write down. Like I wrote this down. Woke up and just wrote it down. And like it's funny. Like either late at night, but certainly early in the morning too. Like you'll just write ideas down, and then you'll look at it. And you got to workshop it. This is something I I I, I could make this funny and workshop it. It takes some time. Young people are so health conscious, yet they're fatalistic and hate the world. The whole country is shit to them. They don't fuck or talk to each other. Why not smoke and drink yourself to death at 35? <laughs> I don't feel like that really needs to be workshopped. I feel like that one's good. <laughs> Ta-da! Hi, Mom. Oh, man. Uh Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to do this one or not. I just gave that. It can't be that bad. It's it's political, but here's the thing: I don't want to be oh, accused. There's people know. The other if you don't side. know yet, train that don't have a side. We're gonna rip on both of them, so fucking deal with it. All right. Presidential elections are patriotism for people who are bad at math. Okay, all right, here we go. Is that what you said? No, that's I've said that before. Okay. Presidential elections are patriotism for people who are bad at math. Just like the lottery is gambling for people who are bad at math. All right, here we go. How do these retarded Trump supporters who think everything is a conspiracy not realize that Trump is part of a deep part of the deep state? That's good, dude. That's good. Hey, can I add to that just to just to make sure it's even here? Yes. Biden already forgot what you just said. <laughs> you know, I did see Trump the other day doing the dance. Have you ever seen him do the do the? No, he's dancing like in. I guess in. I guess he's out campaigning or whatever, and they're playing music. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's not good. And then I have a buddy of mine is like, you know, who Biden reminds me of. He goes, he's a fucking Roomba. Every every press conference he finishes off with, dung 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 dung. Oh, can't go there. Dung 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 dung. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I guess he. Oh, I feel bad for him too. He he does he doesn't know any better, but everybody around him clearly does. Like Jill is bolting onto the stage whenever he's done with speeches now to try and keep the Roomba bit from happening. Like everybody around him realizes he's tripping over sandbags and turning every which way except the way he needs to. Yeah. And what kills Biden and and look, I mean, you know, there's been stuff Biden's changed a ton, like like uh, all politicians. But um, whether you agree with him, I I, I disagree with a ton of what he said, even in the 90s Um, and agree with some shit, too. Um, He he was the he was the author of that crime bill in 1994 that fucked a lot of people over. Right. I was left of him. And now I'm probably right. I'm definitely right of him. You know, it's like I'm like, all right, you know, on some stuff. But. He, uh, regardless of what he said, he's a politician. He's been full of shit forever. And, you know, 
yes, him and his family have made money off that. And Trump and his family made money off that. And they've all, they've all done that. Um, but if you'd actually just listen to take away what he said, just how he says it, he was pretty quick and sharp. Yeah. And when you're quick and sharp and you decline, it's much more noticeable. So I had three grandparents that went through Alzheimer's and or dementia, right? One of them, two of them were pretty obvious. One wasn't because they were already, you know, a little loosey-goosey. I mean, even when the, you know, even when the, the brain, the synapses were firing, I mean, that's why we loved her, you know? And so it wasn't as apparent. I'm I'm letting the the raccoons from outside use our bathroom. What, Grandma? Is that you just being like real loose with stuff, or do you have Alzheimer's now? Uh, that's gonna be my mom. I don't think I. Fingers crossed. No, no Alzheimer's for Cindy. Probably not. C- Cindy, Cindy's just a fucking robot. Like I was laughing with my dad. You know, my dad's taking much better care of his body throughout his life. My mom's done a great job the last 15, 20 years. You know, she doesn't do anything. She smokes, but that's it. Like doesn't drink, doesn't, you know, really is pretty, pretty sharp about shit. Sharp as a fucking tack too, by yeah, the way. Like, whatever your differences, the differences are for your parents as to why they broke up. Like they both have high level intellect. It's not surprising you are who you are. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, they're they're both they're both pretty uh, bright and are still there. My dad's still there physically. He's just got balance issues, and he's taking yeah. care of his body. We were laughing like at dinner about a month ago, and I go, "He's like, how's your mom doing?" I go, "She's doing great." You know, I go, "You know, she's rocking and rolling." And I and he goes, "She's gonna fucking outlive me, isn't she?" And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much." I don't mean to laugh at that, but that's no, I go. Yeah. Well, you know, Bob and I, Bob and I were howling. Yeah. Like he loved my reaction. He was like, fuck. I was like, dad. I was like, yeah. I was like, it's like, she may outlive my ass. Crazy. What's um, up, Mike? Always good to hear from you, my man. I, I'm good to see his wife, man. We need to go out with Mike and her. Agreed. I have one. That's a cool do- couple. That's like you and Justine. That's a couple I'm around and I'll drive home and like, you know what? I need to be in a relationship. Yeah, they're not all like y'all's. Nope. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then I get in a relationship and I'm like, fuck, I don't have what I can Trey have. Sometimes our relationships aren't what they are either. Just the ebbs and flows of things. But ultimately, we are all very lucky to have one another. I'm not saying 100% of the time, y'all. I mean, I know, I know it's work and, but like, Overall, y'all y'all both have really good relationships, at least seemingly. I mean, maybe you're beating the shit out of each other behind closed doors. I don't care. I can't speak to wife and Ike and his lovely wife, but that is not happening in the Elling household. I am on record as saying that we are not beating the shit out of one another physically. Thankfully, are y'all are y'all at a point? Um, and and go as far as you want with this, because I mean, we do this probably too much, and I should probably check with you before. But I know couples to try and spice it up. You know, spice up different parts, certainly maybe in the bedroom um, yeah. after a little while together. Like, are y'all, I mean, do, do y'all talk about that? Is that something that, that you know, you guys are trying to, because I get it. Like, if you're fucking the same person for 15 years, you probably need to, you know, you don't want to put her in missionary like you did, you know, first time you ordered her off the website. Things have been 
It was a catalog, to be fair. It was the analog way to go about these things. Um, things have been a little bit spicier recently. Yeah, it's not something that is always on the agenda because I could I think it can get too go too far in the other direction too, to where it comes becomes a distraction. My issue with spicing things up in the bedroom is I don't need a bunch of fucking accessories, you know? Like sometimes sometimes you you have you have the ways that you're comfortable with and you can mix it up from time to time, but trying to add too much can, can become a problem. Like whatever reason, this is so weird because Oregon is such a granola place. Massage therapists in Oregon. And I am apologizing for pivoting from sex to massage therapists. I never Where the fuck are we going, but bring I forgot the rub and tug in Oregon. I assure you of that. It only happened one time. That was in new Orleans around Mardi Gras. And unfortunately it was just a, one of those thick rubber bands being stretched out over and over again. <laughs> but the massage therapists in Oregon. <laughs> hey, kiddos, that's why you never do. And I don't think Trey was doing that. But like when I've done cocaine way back in the day, don't do it. It's worthless. You wake up with like the smallest dick you've had since you were six in your hand, you know, on the couch. It's like, what? You know, and it, it was like that. It was like a thick rubber band. Yeah, and th- this this was not that, although there was a lot of alcohol that had been consumed, so maybe a little bit, but it was more just about how, the bizarreness of this whole scene, and like there's there's a little bit of an audience here, and this, yeah, anyhow. So in Oregon, the masseuses there, they all have- Go ahead and stretch that like the rubber band. I want to get every deep here, every deep, as the kiddos say. At one point, I just had to be like, look, this this isn't going to- I'm I'm sorry. This isn't happening. Do you want to come back to Austin with me and be my wife? And she said, no. You're kidding me. You didn't fucking say that. No, you. I don't care how drunk you were. You did not fucking say that. I know you. So in Oregon, the massage therapist. And also in New Orleans. She, she would have said yes. Yeah, true. Uh, that would have been an offer that I regretted immediately. But uh, so in Oregon. You would have dropped her off in Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> Or Baton Rouge. Um, the uh, the masseuses in Oregon, they all use accessories. They all use like extra tools to help with the massage. It's like, no, 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 no. You're complicating this entirely too much. This just needs to be about you understanding what's going on with the body, things connected to other things, and using your hands. You can use your elbows. You can use your forearms. Uh, in the right setting, you might you be able walk to walk on my back. Knees too. Yeah, sure. Walk on my back. If you have the, uh, the Thai massage setup where you can actually support a little bit of that weight. So it's not full on a hundred and whatever pounds walking on the back. Those things are all in play. I did have a big Chinese woman in New York city, man, who didn't have that in play. <laughs> I stood, I stood on my goddamn back and I thought, Jesus Christ, <sighs> got out the dumplings broad. Yeah, that that hurts my back just to hear that a little bit. But they they pull out just the, the most random shit, fucking rocks and sticks and things that they're probably getting it relaxed the back. And it's like, why are you trying to complicate this? This is so. Fucking- what's your energy? Do you remember that? Yeah, exactly. Crystals, I'm sure, were there too. That you, I you remember the really good massage therapist we went to back in the day, Christy. Yeah, big old jugs, um, torpedoes. She did have torpedoes, um. But she was great. And then it got really into, so what's your energy today? Like, no, 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 I'm not paying you for that. I'm paying you for your fucking thumbs and just to destroy me for an hour. All yeah, right? I don't want you to sell and me. And 
the torpedoes. I don't want you. To, I don't want you to sell me on your religion. I just want you to do what you are really good at, and that's give yep. you a great massage. That's it. Torpedoes. I remember back in the day you saying that. Remember she invited me to a couple things. Yeah, I had to make that call. Like as as shallow and as you know, guy as I was back then. You know, I mean, I she was good looking enough with the torpedoes and was cool that I would have said yes, but I was starting to learn not to shit where I, you know, where I eat and slowly and not learn very well. Cause I did it a million times after, but, um, <laughs> but it showed you how much I valued the deep tissue massage, man. That's what it was. So I had, I think I had left Austin by the time that this turn happened. And so I found this out secondhand through, I was so disappointed about that about how there were crystals and energies and other things being discussed with this massage practice. It's like, ah, you're trying to evolve, but you've gone too far now. And so this is probably it for us too. I should look her up though and see, maybe she's had to she die. really cool, man. Really yeah. cool person. I, I, I liked her a lot. Yeah. You know yeah. What? I'm going to look her up after this and see. I if- felt bad too. Cause I was like, Hey, I'm attracted to you. I was like, but I know we're going to break up. Because I'm fucking all for a relationship. So it's going to happen. And then I'll have you as a fucking, you know, deep tissue person. And even if I do, you know, we've already fucked. And at that point, I'm naked. It's like, you know, I like to keep it professional. There was a Seinfeld episode. This may have been post. Yeah. Come on. Just give give me a little right here, right here. That one. Yeah. And Kramer came in after. Oh, he took care of me, boy. And Jerry treated it like she was a hooker. <laughs> Stop doing that! <laughs> That'd be really funny if that happens. Say say things would have worked out between y'all. And like, hey, uh, I'm gonna, I got a massage from Christy. What? Why didn't you run that past me first? I, you know, I feel like there's a line that is that is being crossed here now that you should at least double check with me. Yeah, no, but you know me, I'd have fun with it. Be like, oh, she gave me a hand job before and didn't wash her hands, and I told her not to. So that <laughs> wouldn't fucking gel on your back, bro. <laughs> you and I are closer than you think. Oh, uh, yeah, well, but I, I, I'm already familiar with that body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look her up, see what she's up to. You think those I torpedoes will. are down to her waist now? It's possible. It really is. I feel bad for chicks with big tits because I mean, it naturally, like I would definitely get breast augmentation. Uh, that's I like, I mean, I had wrinkles at 22. I'll probably get, end up getting some Botox down the road or something like that. I mean, I'm already doing skin stuff and it's looking better, but you know, there's some things in life that you just can't control. I couldn't control that. I have an expressive face and my parents have wrinkles and I had wrinkles at 22. So I feel like that's, I feel like that's an Irish thing too, because Justine, yeah, love her. She's gorgeous, but she she's got a little bit of that going on as well. Yeah, Justine, Justine's got much better skin than I do, but I get what she you're does, saying. Does, but she's also several years younger, and she yeah. she holds on to a lot of anxiety though. And I'm like, yeah. you gotta, like you've got to relax because a lot part of that is like you being stressed out. Yeah, which is an Irish thing. It's an Irish thing, and it's a productivity thing too. By the way, she is infinitely more productive than I am, and that's probably part of it. She's, She's more productive, productive than you and I combined. And oh, you yeah, are, that's you uh, and I are actually pretty productive, dude. <laughs> yeah, she clears that bar, but that's how insanely productive she is. 
Um, yeah. I, I did have one more thing written down that we can get to before the end here. Okay. So who was it? Who died earlier this week? Toby Keith or somebody else too, though. Oh, I, that reminds me. I'm so glad you said this. As you're thinking of that, remember we talked about Eric Montrose dying, and I was trying to remember the other person, college player who died. Yeah. Do we mention Ryan Miner? Do we? Do we mention that or no? No, we didn't. Dude, Ryan Miner was. Ryan Miner is my favorite Oklahoma athlete of all time. Because he was insane as a baseball player to go along with his basketball skills, right? All American in basketball and was fucking good. I mean, a 6'6 white dude who had brothers game and was smooth and could shoot and and yeah, and ended up playing with the Orioles, was a great baseball player. His brother Damon probably was a little bit better on that 94 team. But yeah, Ryan died. I think a lot of this too, you you know, you, you've been a lot. I have to give you a ton of credit too, because you've you've been a such a great best friend to where you know I've been wanting to get a lot of this shit fixed. And you've kind of pushed me, but you haven't pushed me too much. But you've been really supportive, you know. But I think a lot of it is seeing people like that are close to my age that are dying. I'm like, bro, like, get your hip fixed, bro. Like, get let's get some shit in order here, you know. Like, it, no, it, it, yeah, it's weird. I, it can happen to anybody, but there are certain lifestyles that you lead that leave you much more likely to yeah. suffer something unexpectedly. And, and and by the way, I don't think that was the case with Eric Montrose or Ryan Miner. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I wasn't leading a lifestyle where I almost died at 18. You know, sometimes, sometimes it just hits you, you know, right. but I think there are things like with my thing, like what if I have to get, you know, what if I didn't deal with this and I have to get hip surgery? And then there's just a lot of shit that can spiral down with that. So I think your overall point's correct. I want to make sure with those two guys, I didn't see anything that was, you know, he was doing heroin or shit like that. Right. I cannot remember. Somebody else did die. It was over the weekend. It wasn't Toby Keith. We'll use Toby Keith as as an example. No, no. It's somebody fucking else. Who is it? Now I've got to figure this out. There we go, baby. There we go. Good mood now, baby. Died unexpectedly. Who was it? Yes, but how how did Toby Keith that? I'm guessing on that one that that probably was a little bit of lifestyle. Kind of stomach cancer. Okay. Whatever that's worth. I I don't know. Is that lifestyle? Maybe. Maybe he has. I I don't mean that as a knock. I mean, there's a lot of Toby Keith. And the way he lived that I look at, I mean, hell, let's go back to my line earlier there. Um, like that I, you know, that he let it go and lived a great life. So um, I, I ran into him once. Did I tell you, ever tell you that? No. Where was this? Uh, the Sugarland Skeeters. Remember the ESPN games I did with Clemens? Yeah. On his, you know, little return. So him and Rocket were like good buddies. So he was down in the um, down in the clubhouse. We was just boozing up at you know the Red Solo Cup or whatever. I I, did, I used to use those all the time, but I never had liquor in them. But I mean, maybe on the lake we did. But wait, was was he holding on to a Red Solo Cup? See if I'm if I'm he, him with the popularity of that song, I, it's probably got to be in a Yeti or something. 
Yeah, but I mean, someone probably gave it to him too because it's him, you know. Yeah. But rest in peace, man. Like I hate seeing him die. And I, I'm not a huge. I, I didn't listen to his music, but you know, I knew, I knew, I knew Rocket really loved him. And for all the shit Roger gets, and I'm not super tight with Roger at all, but I've hung out with him enough. Like Roger Clemens is a really good fucking guy, actually. That's good to hear. Or he has been to me, so you know. How did Toby Keith seem to you? Was he decent to you? Yeah, he was fine. He was drunk as shit. Okay. Uh, I remember who the person is that I want to make this reference about. Apollo Creed. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Carl Weathers died over the weekend. So here's my question. Played for the Raiders, didn't he? Yeah, and I didn't realize that he had played in the NFL before he got the acting career going. That's how, good, that's how good Bob Dunn is. You guys wonder where this shit comes from. Like, I remember like the first rock or the Rocky I saw him. He's like, hey, he played for the Raiders. I'm like, what? It's a cool little trivia nugget. Yeah. I thought he was throwing that out there to you. I, I don't know if the first Rocky I remember watching with my dad was Rocky Five. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. I don't know why that memory just popped into my head. Rocky Four was good. Yeah, Rocky's one through four. Rocky four may be the best, actually. Supposedly, Creed is a good movie. I, I do not watch enough these days to know, but I like Michael B. Jordan a lot. And was I guess Weather is in that? Nope, because he was already dead from Rocky Four. Oh shit! I'll bring him back. I mean, shit. How many times has Susan What's her ovaries? Uh... The uh, the one who could never win the uh, the Emmy or the Oscar or the Golden Globe or whatever. Uh, Lucci, yeah, Susan Lucci for the soap operas. She was probably raped and murdered and thrown in like nineteen ditches and always came back. Oh yeah, and whatever soap opera she was in, you're right about that. Right. I don't know. Maybe they do some flashbacks, or maybe they they have the ghost of Apollo appear to uh, try and help his son out. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But uh, so the reports that said that he had died over the weekend, spokesperson confirms, family confirms, said that he died in his sleep. They didn't say he died surrounded by family, died suddenly in his sleep. Died suddenly and peacefully in his sleep. Excuse me. The peacefully part is where I have the question. How do we know that he died peacefully in his sleep? How do we know that he didn't die screaming at the top of his lungs, terrified that his life was about to end. Great point. What does it take for somebody to not go with the died peacefully in their sleep bit? I mean, obviously, if you're in the woods and you get torn apart by wolves, you can't say died peacefully in his sleep. I don't know how you try and spin that one. It's a horrific death. But yeah, if you are technically in bed, you do die peacefully in your sleep, according to whatever story you want to tell yourself. But it was a bad dream. Was there evidence of otherwise? Yeah. Was it a bad dream? Was there some sort of... Did it scare you so much that that little trigger of your heart? Boom. You don't know. Golly, can bad dreams cause heart attacks? They might. Have you ever seen kittens and puppies that are having nightmares? Yeah, where their legs are jittering. Does that happen to cats too? I I only know dogs. Yeah. And... um... And a good good mama dog, good mama cat will go over there and start licking them and wake them up, you know. So, so I had a female cat, Jane Ann, the one used to lick my tears. I was born, like, Jane was, I mean, Jane was maternal as hell. 
but she would with a puppy we had she would go through that and she'd go over there and wake him up and lick his eyes and you know kind of get him up you know Hmm. nothing like a maternal um let's say maternal animal but any mom you know i mean that like that 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 feeling is uh is different the maternal instinct it is should i be waking my dogs up when they're having nightmares your dogs now okay just checking i mean i don't think so there was one thing i wanted to get on that what was what was right before rewind like 45 seconds apollo creed dying and dying peacefully and mm. wolf attacks and why mm. more? Ten, ten, ten. Um, what now? I said rewind more. No, fast forward more. Oh, uh, not dying of a heart attack because of a nightmare. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm all done. We're good. I suppose. I suppose it is possible. People die in their sleep when we don't know why, and they die of a heart attack. Maybe that. I mean. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. So I, I had a long conversation. I've had this conversation with plenty of people. And it was a, a woman who I really respect, really awesome. And she was trying to hook me up with one of her friends. And she goes, Kevin, I mean, do you really want to die alone? And I'm sure, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people in relationships will say that to single people and I get it, you know, I mean, and if I was, if I was really all by myself, that would be fucking lonely, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I've surrounded myself with a great group of friends and family and support system. And, and at the end of the day, would I, would I like to die with someone? Yeah, I would. Um, but you, you really want to die alone. I go, we all die alone. You die alone. I don't care if there's fucking 10 people in the fucking room on the last breath. You die alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like they come with you and like, hey, uh, we'll be back in 10 minutes. We got to take a little trip here. We see a light and uh, apparently gone. Is all, uh, we're going to get to the gates and we'll be back though. Um, you hold parking on that? You die alone. What if you die together in a plane crash? Still die alone. Split second. Split second. I love that. Be like, they were together since they were 15. They died at 94 in a nursing home. Within 20 seconds, still died alone. The the die alone thing does have a lot of die alone. Big bang appeal to it, even in the plane crash, because you're right. There is that split second where one person dies before the other, and you have technically died alone. I'm with you, generally speaking, too, by the way. The whole dying alone thing is an amusing conversation to hear that you're having, because I know how you'll respond to that. You'll respond with a a very bright... Oh, she's known me forever. She was like, bring it. And I go, here you go. And she goes, that was pretty much what I expected. Okay, well, what? I guess you still need to ask the question. You don't want to make any assumptions. You want to ask the important questions. You gave, yeah. you gave a good answer. You gave your answer. And she's just like she. We're, we've been friends forever, and she's just you know she's married, and and so maybe there's some misery loves company there, but she just wants the best for me. And so 
you know, it's like you or Justine or anyone. It's like, hey, I may have, you know, we would like to see you in a happy relationship, but you've got a lot of friends who are in bad relationships. You'd rather deal with me than that, right? Yeah. It's why you should not make any compromises with the life that you are comfortable living until you meet that person who makes you want to do less of those things to make the accommodations for her. Yeah. Hey, did you see the Tracy Chapman Luke Combs deal? Dude, that was fucking awesome. I, I mean, you know, you know that's what is that one of my top ten favorite songs of all time, probably. Oh, I I probably have learned that before. I did not remember that though. I, I mean, I love Tracy Chapman. Love that song. I've always loved that song. And and I saw Luke do it, and I wasn't very familiar with him, but it's a great example too. I mean, you've got this country, you know, pudgy white guy and this older black chick. And it's what I always get into. It's not a racism deal. Racism still exists. It's not a sexism deal. It's not. A, it's a socioeconomic deal. And that's what both sides don't want us to talk about. And there are more poor people than anything. And the fact that you can get an older black woman like that, who's so respected and so cool. And by the way, it was all white libs that had issues with Luke McCombs doing that. Tracy Chapman was supported the whole time. And she's going to make some coin off of it, too. It seems like has always seemed like a really fucking good person. And then he's, you know, he's just poor. There are more poor white people than there are any other race in America. There's more everything of white people, but it's a socioeconomic deal. And I love seeing those two get together um, and do that. And just as a reminder, nah, nah, this is a 99% to 1% deal, which is why the 1% wants to split it up into everything else. The race baiters tried really fucking hard, but sorry, y'all lose. That was bullshit, and people sniffed it out the entire time. Tracy Chapman included, by the way. And that well, and Tracy was the key key there. She's the older black female who wrote the song and created it. If she would have had an issue, she goes, "No, we're good." And guess what? Luke and I are going to go fucking play it at the what it was a Grammys, and and guess what? I'm also going to make some coin off this, which I should, because it's one of the best songs that's ever been fucking written. I believe he got her permission before he recorded that song. So the fact yeah, that people too. trying to create drama out of it was just laughable. And in the end, they and people who know better get a sort of last laugh. And that was a beautiful performance. Actually, there was another great performance of the Grammys. I don't know if you saw Miley Cyrus. I'm not a fan of her music necessarily. I hadn't even heard that song before. Justine said it is insanely popular. That was a great, that was like an iconic performance she put out there for the song that ultimately won her the Grammy. I didn't see it. You know, I didn't watch it and there was nothing on. I mean, that, that was as barren as me beating off at 10 years old with no mental material, you know, and scramble channel and, and maybe like a sports illustrated. Um, there was nothing on. But I turned on for a second and it's, you know, Noah, Trevor, Noah, whatever. And he's not funny. I mean, no one's funny no. anymore. Um, and no, especially not in that fucking crowd. No, no. Yeah. And he's I'm sure he's a funny dude. I mean, he's got to be in, but he can't be in that. I don't know. I mean, I, I've never really seen him. So. He got neutered whenever he made uh, he made a, a fat girl joke in his stand-up before he got on The Daily Show, and they tried to cancel him when he got on The Daily Show. He made a fat girl joke in his stand-up? A fat joke in his stand-up, and they tried to cancel him for that. So after that, it almost completely muted him. The Daily Show wasn't funny anymore by the end of his run there. There were funny people on The Daily Show, but it's like it wasn't even trying. It's like what the fucking Onion is doing now. Is The Daily Show done? 
No, it's coming back with John Stewart as an executive producer and a part-time host. He's going to host. But it's been done with Noah once or twice a week. Yeah, no, they've had um, they've had guest hosts like guy like guys like Roy Woods Jr., who is hilarious. By the way, they screwed up not giving him the job on more of a full-time basis. Tried out for the gig, and ultimately they settled on Stewart doing it once or twice a week, and then the correspondents coming in and filling in on that desk on the other nights. So the Daily Show is going to try and become funny again because it became sadly unfunny, much like The Onion, by the way, which doesn't even try and throw out ironic headlines anymore. It just throws out, like, fucking very politically one-sided headlines that are just like, oh, okay, you've lost your sense of humor now, too. That's sad because I loved The Onion back in the day because they used to love to go after whatever side. It was about the creativity and not making a point politically necessarily sometimes they would make social points but it's social points that really appeal to that gray area versus one extreme or the other yeah i mean as someone who worked there like number one was it's got to be funny funny there were some things after that and they were most of them were obviously left but it was about being funny and and they've gotten away from that and i mean i thought the daily show back in the day was was really fucking funny oh yeah um and I disagreed with a lot of it too. Yeah. God, like that's okay. I mean, you know, it's okay to laugh at shit that you may not totally agree with. Satire, uh, man. That's why whenever Ed Helms joined the office, you were like, who the fuck is this dude? I'm like, I've been watching this guy on the daily show. He is hilarious. Yeah. An episode or two. You're like, yeah, you, you nailed that one, dude. This no, guy, you did. You've got that comedic timing. Cause you know me, I'm always waiting to jump off my sitcom. Um, that I think is so great. I jumped off the office like I did Seinfeld, like I did everything, Arrested Development, at the right time, in my opinion, because I'll go back and watch now, and I'm like, how the fuck are y'all still watching that shit? Um, like watching, it's like watching, it's like watching the Roomba. What was that jump the shark moment for The Office? Because obviously it's LD leaving for Seinfeld. Is that when Will Ferrell showed up? Because he became sadly unfunny over the last 15 years. I was out before then. Whoever Aaron was who came in. Oh, the redhead. Yeah. And not because of Aaron or whatever her name is. I'm just giving you a, a marker, a mile marker here. Yeah. Um, AD, Arrested Development was quick. I mean, Arrested Development is it's like a, a 12-year-old. Um, it was short, but man, it was it was explosive. And but it, it like I mean arrested development for me after four seasons was done the office probably that was five seasons Seinfeld got to six or seven um yeah I'm I'm very British in how I watch uh my sitcoms but you did mention that you're like so I thought it was going to be with him and he came in and his character is so douchey that obviously the first time you see him you're just like oh god but then you uh, you know I started to watch on like uh, Trace right like that that was a great addition you know yeah, they gave Dwight another foil too, which was necessary. Because oh, part yeah. of them, part of them jumping the shark was letting uh, Pam and Jim get together and advancing yeah. that relationship and having them get married and start to have fucking kids. Yep. Then they yeah, yeah. so 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 I was I think the marriage was the last one I saw. Mm. Makes sense. And it just kind of felt like at that point I was like, all right, you guys got married, so we're done. 
And then, yeah, I, I've seen on on a couple reruns for two or three minutes, Farrell and the other shit. And I think Will Farrell's funny, um, but no. Yeah, you ran out of gas at some point. All right, great job today, buddy. Love you guys. Uh, oh, it's only one. I love you. And love you guys. Plurally speaking, all y'all for listening. I love you too. No, not you people. Well, some of you people, but I do love you, KD. Thanks to everybody for tuning in today. If you are on YouTube right now, please click that thumbs up button. Hit subscribe to subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered on YouTube. If you have not already and do download that free app as well, you can do so through the Apple or Google Play stores. Search Texas Sports Unfiltered to snag that. For Kevin and everybody else here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, I am Trey Elling. We will talk to you tomorrow. Full slate, 8 to 5. I will be on with Jeff Barker from 3 to 5. It starts with Bucky and BK at 8 a.m. In the meantime, have a great rest of the night and hook them. Okay.